We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Ravens Vault. I'm your host, Bobby Trossett, going solo on this episode. My partner and her family are enjoying a European vacation. So, Sarah, I know you're listening out there across the pond. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I know you're going to be heavily involved in this upcoming week's morning Ravens Vault episodes. So you're not taking the week off. That's just not in your blood. And we're so fired up that now one week is down in this podcast's existence and we're so fired up for week number two and i'm fired up for this episode i'm pleased to be joined by a former raven that's kadri ismael of course a member of the 2000 2001 super bowl winning ravens he spent two seasons in baltimore and you can now find him on wjz tv's purple pregame and postgame throughout the season serving his role as football analyst he's been in the market for a long time i respect his knowledge for the game of football. We've become friends over the years. We spent several seasons in the press box together watching games right beside one another. And I just really appreciate his insights. I appreciate his generosity. And I think you'll enjoy our conversation. Of course, the Ravens held their annual open practice inside M&T Bank Stadium over the weekend, and Kadri was there. So we ran through a number of different things, including how lethal the Rashad Bateman-Lamar Jackson connection can be in year two, Devin Duvernay's status after colliding with Chuck Clark during that practice, what's up with Ben Cleveland, who's missed the first few days of Ravens training camp, Life after punter Sam Cook, the most intriguing camp position battle, and of course, Q's thoughts on Lamar Jackson and the ongoing contract situation. So, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with the Super Bowl champion, a great football mind, and an awesome Baltimorean, my friend, Kadri. Wow, I am finally in the vault, and whoo what hallowed ground it is. We're happy to have you, man. And, you know, I wonder how we didn't get the invite, though, to, you know, the whole across the pond trip with our friend Sarah. Well, she kind of bailed on us. She was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go across the pond. I'm going to have some fun. And you guys are going to stay home. And little did she know we were still going to have fun without her because we were going to be talking some Ravens. And training camp is here. Now, if there was no football, then I think we should have babysat her kids 
and went across the pond with them. We'll take this. She'll take that. I think we're we're in both in good shape here. It's July 30th of 2022, of course, as we sit here and tape this. And you are just wrapping up the open practice. You were out there at Emmett T. Bank Stadium. It was a packed house, a nice July night at the bank. And we're going to run through a number of topics. But I think right at the top of my mind is one that has been relevant the first few days of training camp, Kadri, and that's Ben Cleveland and the fact that he has yet to pass the conditioning test. Harbaugh's infamous conditioning test. How worried are you, if at all? Well, I mean, it's interesting because when he was asked that question tonight, um, I was kind of taken aback, to be perfectly honest with you, because it's four days and usually it's your jitters that makes it where you can't run the test. Like, what was it that you did or didn't do? So, I mean, four days, that's a lot. Q, I can tell you one thing he was doing leading up to training camp. He had his wedding. And I don't want to question his work ethic or anything like that, but or, or how checked in or checked out he may have been throughout the course of the summer. We all know planning for a wedding is very taxing and demanding. I guess I just wonder how he spent his offseason physically-wise and training-wise, and if that's perhaps the reason why he's – kind of succumb to this conditioning test, at least as of right now on the 30th, right next week, this could be a long afterthought, but as of right now, he's not in the battle. He's not in the competition for left card duties right now. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Bobby, one thing you'll recognize with that whole flow, it's no pads. And so the first part of, you know, the training camp under this new uh, I guess modified version of John Harbaugh's practice. It's, Hey, we're going to, you know, ease guys into it. So that's a good thing, but you're right. I mean, he's not in the coach's eyes when it comes to the, you know, details of the nuance of the game and evaluation. So I'm curious as to what was his off season and what did it entail? Because you're a professional. I mean, your body is your livelihood and, I know, you know, I don't, I don't know his wife. I don't know him uh, personally, but I, I do know that, you know, she knows he's in the business of playing football and I hope it wasn't necessarily blamed on his wedding or anything along those lines. Cause that's not good, but uh, you know, hopefully this is a scenario where, yeah, you're right. We will be looking at it in a rearview mirror and when the pads come on, they'll be all set. All right, Q, I mean, how would you go about assessing your ideal offensive line come week one from right to left? Are you going Morgan Moses, Zeitler, Linderbaum, Powers, Stanley? I mean, that's kind of your your classic starting five, right? Any, any, any changes you would make, ideally? You know, overall, that lineup is a solid lineup. And I, for one, you know, I, I like what – Morgan Moses brings to the table and, and of course, Ronnie Stanley. Um, but yeah, Ben Powers and, and Linderbaum, uh, you know, I don't have any problem with them. Uh, the lights are going to be turned on and turned up. The heat's going to be turned up as they, uh, you know, continue down at camp. I, I think this is a good, good problem to have when you have the quality of depth that you have at the uh, offensive line. All right, let's get into your bread and butter as a former wideout. Can Rashad Bateman be that guy for Baltimore right now? Yes, he can. I think he's shown it last year. I reflect back to the Cleveland Browns game where he was like front and center 
and needed to make plays against man-to-man coverage. And Tyler Huntley just kept on slinging the ball to him. He was making play after play. So I know he has it within him. I think it's just a matter of consistency of of you know what he wants to do, you know, as far as the the season and and you know, as John Harbaugh is uh very fond of saying, you know, stacking days. So I think for Rashad Bateman, it's 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 the idea of Yes, stacking those days to the point where when you look back on it, you're looking at, yeah, I had whatever, 80, 90, 100 catches. You should have over at least close to 100 catches because of, you know, the extra game and well over 1,000 yards. I think that that's, that's something that has to be not an option, but it has to be a lock for Bateman. And I think, you know, what we're seeing so far, he has uh, – He's put himself in that position. So so I think this should be good for him. So assuming he is that guy, how do you forecast the rest of the wide receiver room panning out? It's been a lot of conversation throughout the course of this offseason, to say the very least, about the rest of that room. In your mind, where do they stand? Well, uh, you know, this is probably the first year where I have seen – Usually, like in practice, you can show what you're all about and then coaches make their evaluation. You become a starter and off you go. With the kicking, whether you are anybody other than Justin Tucker, <laughs> you can uh, prove yourself as much as you want in practice, but you got to go out there and actually make field goals in, in, in certain instances under pressure in games, period. What am I trying to say? Well, for the first time, it feels the same way with the receiving group. Like, it doesn't really matter what the offseason is like. doesn't matter what is happening as far as practices. They have to deliver when it comes to in-game catches, in-game playmaking, in-game mentally locked in, knowing their assignments. I think all that. I think they all looked apart when it's practice but i think for for this you know coaching staff to feel confident in them that they're going to have to show up in these uh these preseason games are you satisfied with the way it's currently constructed or some of these wide receivers these vets that are still you know remaining out there on the free agent market would you want them would you lean in and embrace them signing a let's say Cole Beasley or Odell Beckham Jr. or you name it. Julio's obviously off the market now to Tampa, but would you welcome that kind of signing? If you're looking at a preseason game where the receivers are, are either average or below, absolutely. Time to, to light it up. I think for this group, the fact that they haven't, man, I'm like, I'm doing everything I can to continue to mute any conversation that could possibly take place when it comes to a, a signing of a veteran receiver. Let me be that young guy that they depend upon. And and again, I mean, that that's the delivery, you know, of, you know, producing during the preseason. They have to do that. They, they There's no... There's no room for error or else, yeah, if I am John Harbaugh, I'm going down the hallway and be like, yo, Eric, I know um, we're tied up against the cap and all the things, and I just need a receiver. And, and I think that's where the conversation can start. 
Q, as you know, every single summer, for it seems like as long as this franchise has been in existence, the media, the fans, they lock in on one player, one unproven player who's going to be the guy, right? The breakout guy. I feel like in the last couple of years, it's been James Prochet throughout training camp, and it hasn't exactly translated for him throughout the course of the season. This summer, it's Isaiah Likely, a rookie tight end. Are you in the tempering expectations boat that I'm in? Are you buying into this hype right now? Well, I mean, if you click on the film, you will see an explosive receiver uh, that is in a tight end body. 99-yard touchdowns. You know, they don't happen often. And when you turn on film, he's one of those guys. I think he has an advantage because he has Mark Andrews in his corner. I think Mark Andrews would take a lot of pressure off of him. And it would force teams to, you know, roll coverages his way. So, you know, if if I'm Isaiah, I'm like, man, I I got an opportunity. It's going to be really easy for me. I think he is as advertised. You know, he's a real deal. I think he there definitely needs to be some tempered expectations because he's not Mark Andrews. And after what I saw tonight, you know, he he uh, he meaning Mark is still, you know, the number one go to guy for. Lamar Jackson's, but but I I know Isaiah's going to have a big year for them. To your point earlier on in this episode, right? Like the pads haven't come out yet as we currently tape this episode. So like, yeah, a lot of this is you take it with a grain of salt in terms of what you can actually take away from observing practice. But did anything blow you away tonight? Yes and no. <laughs> the thing that I guess was cool was to see – Lamar and and Mark just pick up right where they left off. I mean, I'm telling you, they were they were in lockstep. They were syncing it up and they were slinging it around. The D line, I think that they uh, are coming for blood. And again, there was no pads on, so there's some little details that, in my mind, I guess you know you you can't necessarily you know get too too excited about. But man, they're coming for blood. I I mean, Brent Urban was you know getting his hands up in the throwing lanes. You could see where defense a few times, you know, was forcing guys outside the pocket, uh, all three quarterbacks outside the pocket. They looked apart. I I, I was impressed. What about the 50-plus yard bomb from Lamar to Bateman? Were you up in the press box for that? Did you have a good little bird's eye view? Yeah, I did. I mean, that was a really nice throw. Um, it was one of those where, you know, he in timing and rhythm – let that thing go. I think Seymour was the uh, defensive back that was covering. I believe that was him. And it was interesting because as he was putting his hands on him, one of the things that I feel separates you as a receiver is the contested catch. That could have been pass interference. The way Seymour was kind of trying to just his in, in in his you know movement to the football but that's something that for me what I saw was Rashad Bateman being very confident and just running through it and really coming down with the catch I mean so that that was a, a really good uh positive to see for for Rashad and obviously for Lamar to feel confident that look man I'm gonna put it up there I'm gonna trust you go ahead and get it and he did hey, we're coming off a week in which Lamar gave to me a significantly revealing press conference based on ongoing contract negotiations. And to me, there was a big change in demeanor, tone, 
overall attitude from his June press conference at mandatory minicamp uh, and this one. Are you with me on that? Did you observe similarly in that regard? And what did you make of it overall? I hear what you're saying. I uh, think, you know, when it was reported and and, and actually uh, I think Jerry Sandusky videoed uh, Steve Bashadi talking to Lamar, or I'm sorry, to um, John Harbaugh while Lamar was doing his press conference at the Under Armour Performance Center. I was like, huh. Now, if you got the owner who is paying you in a house, even though his contract guy is Eric DaCosta, well, I think they can all kind of sit down and have more of a, a true power meeting slash negotiation because this isn't typical. None of this is typical. And so, yeah, maybe there was more progress and therefore it was a little bit better feeling from what Lamar was thinking about when it came to his contract. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm glad you brought up the video that Jerry tweeted out because that was, again, you don't want to speculate, but it's not often. I've been to quite a few press conferences over the years, as have you. And aside from like when players come back to, I don't know, enter the ring of honor or have their, you know, one day retirements, they sign their one day contract to retire as a Raven or whatever, right? That maybe they're back for their Jersey retirements. Aside from those special occasions, I can't remember a time where Steve and John have both been over the perch, basically, up on the balcony overlooking a press conference. So I I think that is relevant. I'm glad you think so, too, because a lot of us have been speculating on Twitter, as you probably have already seen in recent days. Yeah, I mean, it's extremely uh, relevant and, and pertinent to this situation. I mean, Lamar Jackson is your franchise guy. And Lamar Jackson... Uh, is going to command some mega dollars based upon what the market is presenting. Kyler Murray was the latest, greatest. And so if I was 
in this position, you know, as, as the Ravens um, look at it, I would be like, yep, I, I'm flying up there. I'm going to be there on, you know, whatever, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, let's get it done. Okay, I think I'm going to stay a little bit longer. Let's get it done. You know, that's, I think, with Steve as well as, you know, Eric and I know John, you know, kind of sits on the outside looking in, if you will. This is a unique like I said, and, you know, him watching the conference, uh, the uh, press conference that Lamar had was definitely a, um, a different change that I hadn't seen before. Let's shift gears to some special teams stuff, because seeing longtime Ravens punter Sam Cook out of uniform in assistant coach form, his new role, of course, mentoring uh, new punter Jordan Stout, who the Ravens drafted in April after Sam put together, let's face it, 15 just spectacular NFL seasons with Baltimore was was quite the sight. And I wonder what your impressions were and are of Jordan Stout, who dropped a couple beauties from near midfield inside the five, showing off some great leg strength and just a creativity and, and an ability to angle the ball out of bounds, too, um, in, in a number of different situations. Like I said, during practices, you know, we we can get caught up in those things, but it really doesn't matter until the games. And so the first preseason game, you know, I'm going to be uh, really uh, interested to see how he presents it as far as a punt and, and what style and technique that he is going to, to implement from the Sam Cook book of information. <laughs> so... You know, I think it's really uh, interesting how both of them, you know, have, have kind of gelled together, which is great. As a coach, you always want to uh, know that a guy is is paying attention and, and doing what you're asking and requiring of him. But I also think, you know, from uh, Jordan's perspective, you know, it's like under pressure, can I execute it? And I think so far we've seen him try it out, make it happen, you know, figure out the little details. What is the spot on the ball that I'm going to concentrate on that's going to help me execute this style of, of, of punting that's going to create the result that I'm looking for? Do you think one-day contracts are going to be signed in the coming weeks for potential retirements, Pernell McPhee and, and Jimmy Smith? Wow. It's so funny because I remember both of those guys coming in and I was talking to them when they were rookies and – so it's just it's hard to you know wrap my brain around the fact that yeah they they could very well do the one day contracts. Um, I think for Jimmy Smith, you know the way his career has moved in the space of starting off you know as the Ravens you know number one guy and then taking a back seat and allowing other guys to come in and and uh, mentoring them and. I think Pernell McPhee, you know, you would have never thought in a million years he was going to be the guy that, you know, breaks the team down, you know, in pregame right before the game. But he was that guy and he showed his leadership. And I think for both guys, you know, they, they can look at themselves and, you know, with, with a lot of pride that they represented the purple and black extremely well. Um and uh, if, in fact, they do retire, Ravens, boy, that, that would be uh, 
That'd be special. Can't wrap up the special teams conversation either without giving Justin Tucker his flowers, who, stop me if you've heard this before, it looks to be in midseason form in July. He hit from 60 yards out and set the bank into a frenzy, of course. This dude, man, he's gearing up for year 11 in the NFL. Talk about blinking, right, and realizing that he's already been doing this for over a decade. But, man, he just somehow gets better and better every year, Q. He is is Benjamin Button. Like, he still looks like the same rookie that I saw in – year one and I mean goodness like we we knew he was talented then I don't think anyone would recognize his strong level of talent and the way he put it on display for such a long time the consistency you know the greatest kicker to ever kick you know that mantle um is quite a mantle and he is He's sporting it extremely well. Just uh, remarkable how, you know, we were talking about Jerry Rosberg was his uh, special teams coach and talking to Jerry, you know, we asked, you know, hey, you know, can you give us some insight on uh, what you're looking for from him? And it was a straight ball kick, which I was like, Okay, you know, what's so unique about that? But then as they started getting it and breaking it down and the nuances of it, I, I was like, holy wow. You know, you got guys who can draw it, who can fade it, but that straight ball kick is the more consistent kick. And it just, it, it, it was, it's, it's a, a nod to, you know, his hard work, his efforts and his brilliance and his talent, the way he, uh, he was able to shape that ball and then you look at present day, as you reference, 60 yards for year 11. And, and, and the way he made it look just is <laughs> a little insider joke for uh, the, the, the former Wolfpack. But uh, he made it look routine. <laughs> That's another thing, too. He's outlasted the Wolfpack. There's a new Wolfpack in town. I mean, it's it, actually, to quote the hangover, it's actually a one-man Wolf pack now with Morgan and Sam gone, right? <laughs> hey, I was talking to uh, uh, um, Sam and 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 uh, Justin about well, what's up? Like, are we like, you know, first the Fat Boys break up and now this, and they were uh, they were saying that you know, no, we ain't gonna call it the Wolf. It's not the Wolf Pack Part Two or anything. So I was like, man, that was such a unique thing. So I'm curious if. You know, Nick Moore is gonna, you know, feel some type of way. Like, but well, you just, just gonna leave me out there. I, I, like, I can't be, you know, have a cool nickname. I don't. What's up? You know, I know Jordan. He definitely not gonna have much say because he's he's a rookie. So what can he say? Right. I feel like Justin has to kind of spearhead this movement and get something going for this trio uh, moving forward. So let's finish up with this because there was a scary moment at not, I shouldn't say scary. That kind of dramatizes it, but a little bit. Devin Duvernay collided with Chuck Clark and ended up, uh, according to John Harbaugh, after practice, walking away with a bruised thigh. So it looks like he's going to be okay. He stayed on the field. He was stretching and whatnot. I guess. The bigger question here, and I, I definitely don't want to make uh, something out of nothing, but Chuck Clark has yet to meet with the media since Kyle Hamilton was drafted. And we know there was a lot of conversation queued throughout the course of this offseason since draft night 
whether or not Chuck w- would still be in Baltimore come week one. Where do you fall on this? How much respect do you give Chuck for showing up and being the, the prideful professional that he is? And uh, what do you think his future is in Baltimore? The guy is is a consummate professional. He certainly knows he has to, you know, do it the best that he can and 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 represent himself and his family, you know, in this very cutthroat business. So no one's crying for him. He knows that. He knows that, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? So he knows that he has to come out there and, and do his job to the utmost of his abilities and part of doing your job is meeting with the media, but it's not a requirement requirement. If he felt like he didn't want to meet with the media tonight because of him having to, you know, go with his child or whatever and uh, handle his business, you know, from a family perspective, then that's his prerogative. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's uh, yeah, the bigger picture is he's recognizing that, um, you know, this is a different level of competition when, you know, you got the team drafting a guy and that's that's always going to be something in his mind. And if it's motivation, if it works out for them, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for the Ravens defense, I should say. Do you like the fact that Chuck is is still a piece to this puzzle with, again, obviously you're hoping – Marcus and Marlon are coming back with vengeance at 100%. You have a first-rounder in Kyle Hamilton who was widely regarded as the top safety, if not the best player top-down, uh, to come out of the draft this year. Are, are you happy with all these pieces, or do you think it's going to get messy and congested? I don't think it's going to get messy. I think that's where you know McDonald, the office, or defensive coordinator, is going to have to say to himself, okay, you know, what do I want to do with uh, my defense? How do I want to style it? How do I want to, you know, make it uh, a, a scenario where it's an offensive nightmare to, to figure out who's who in the zoo? You know, that that's kind of like how I'm looking at it. I, I think it's, it's going to be imperative on the offense to try to, you know, get around this defense, especially if they have different guys that are not – the typical personnel package. You know, if you don't have the typical personnel package, you know, I think, shoot, that's 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 great because now, you know, you don't know where the pressure is coming from. And, you know, that's the advantage as a, a team if they know where they're coming or going, I should say, and the opposite is true as well. The offensive line is going to have trouble communicating. The opposing team's offense is not going to get into a rhythm. The quarterback's not going to get into a rhythm. That favors your defense. And why? Well, because you're trying to figure out, you know, personnel and and those matchups are giving your defense or your offense, excuse me, fits. I think that's a good spot to stick a pin in it. And when our gal comes back from uh... – the other side of the pond, we'll have to revisit it and circle back, man. But we always appreciate your perspective, and thanks for making your debut in the vault. Hey, I'll tell you what. The vault is definitely loaded with a lot of talent. You and Sarah are making a go of it, and I am uh, honored to be on. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kadri there. I think he hit on a number of really interesting and relevant points. I think probably the biggest takeaway is the fact that, okay, As of right now, as I tape this, the pads haven't even come out yet. So let's slow our roll a little bit 
and let's bring on Q again when the pads are out. These guys are hitting each other, and training camp really gets ramped up. And, you know, I, I think that's when we'll really be able to do a deep dive on a number of these topics, right? Position battles, more thorough evaluations of rookies like Isaiah Likely and what their contributions could be come regular season action. So lots to discuss, lots to get into in the coming weeks. Sarah and I really just want to thank you again for listening to the Ravens Vault, supporting us, gassing us up online. At the end of the day, we created this show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. We're trying our absolute best to do exactly that and lived up to it. And again, we just can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your daily routine. So if you've been enjoying our content, you're all in. Please consider subscribing if you haven't already, leaving a five-star rating, sharing it with a friend, dropping it into the Ravens group message, dropping it into your Ravens Facebook group whatever it might be it goes a long way and we really truly appreciate it so that is all the time i have in this one we will be back and i mean both sarah and i will be back monday morning with the ravens news you need to know come on back and start your day with us here on the ravens vault (laughs) 